And welcome back in another edition Stripe Show podcast, folks. I promise I'll be back in Florida next week. Bear with me. Still on vacation. And I'm working still. Still working on vacation up here in northern Idaho at a place called Hayden Lake. And there's a, there's a guy here that's sitting next to me that he knows a thing or two about Hayden Lake as well because he used to be up here um, as one of the top reps for Henry Griffiths Golf. And uh, he comes to me here from California on a Thursday. Mike Shy, Mike, I'm up in Hayden. You know everything about this place, don't you? Uh, I don't know about everything, but it's a great country. That's for sure. It's a great it place is. to go vacation. I've been uh, camping on the lake for two weeks. Going to be what heading back um, this week to, to Florida. 90-degree weather, humidity. I want to stay one more week. I'm enjoying this dry heat. But I appreciate you joining me here um, from California. And a uh, lot to talk about, of course, coming off the Open Championship. And uh, as people know, Mike, you, you've been a longtime coach and, and friend and close friend, family, really, as you mentioned to me as before we got going. Um, with one of the top players in the world, Bryson DeChambeau. So I got to start, Mike. What was your first thought when Bryson made that comment about the Cobra driver? What in the world? I, I, I think, again, I, bad comment, super bad comment, number one. I mean, you just don't ever make statements like that. You can certainly say, hey, man, I'm driving the ball horribly and I'm trying to figure out my driver. Um, but, you know, staying that was tough. And, yeah, again, i uh, there's no excuse for it. I, I know he's still grappling with it as we probably speak at this moment. And so, uh, you know, hopefully the relationships can still be uh, intact this week. And so, cause the, you know, Cobra has been busting their chops. I mean, they've been really, really working very, very hard to try to figure out, um, you know, the driver at those swing speeds again. And I think uh, T.O. Tom, I can't pronounce his last name. Anyway, call him T.O. Best engineer on the planet. Um, at Cobra, again, you know, drivers are typically made for the normal golf, you know, whether it's professional, amateur, whatever, at that 125 zone, as far as club head speed, once you start reaching that 130, 135, you know, and that the collision with the ball and the driver, man, there's, there's some issues there big time. And that's why, you know, long drive uh, guys struggle with their drivers because they implode, explode all the time. So it's a very difficult process, and um, I, I, you know, hats off to Cobra for what they're trying to do. But again, uh, that was a tough, uh, tough comment that was that was made. But again, Bryson played bad, and sometimes when a, you know, a lead athlete plays bad, they say things that they uh, sometimes regret. Yeah, you've known Bryson, you know, since eleven, twelve. I mean, you were right there coaching him. You've caddied for him national championship at SMU. He was the top player. Uh, then he wins the U.S. Amateur. You know, he's won multiple times in the PGA Tour. Of course, he wins the U.S. Open. You've seen Bryson, the young Bryson, now into where we are, as you said, grappling here this week on, you know, really what transpired there. But a lot has happened, right, to Bryson over, right. you know, the last few weeks. I don't want to get into the whole Brooks Kepka right. episode. That's a whole different Topic, but just Bryson's game and a lot of the things that are happening. Tim Tucker, of course, leaves. You've been right there with him in the core. The question that I get a lot is, how tough is it? Do you think for these guys in the middle working with Bryson and trying to get him to play at his best level? 
no better player, no better person to answer that than you on how how tough it is to work with the mind in a guy like Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, it's a great question and a, a probably a long, long, long answer. Um, it hit. Uh, it's very difficult. First of all, again, he is a perfectionist. I always joke around, you know, right? Everybody said he's this super perfectionist and. Um, you know, but if you ever go into his room, you probably wouldn't think he's a perfectionist. So, um, I, you know, but on the golf course, when it comes to golf and, and all that, I mean, his brain, it, you know, it's going a lot of different directions at any given time. And, uh, and again, it's very, uh, this is the best way to explain Bryson. When he doesn't understand something, he is the worst person on the planet to be around from my perspective. Very, very difficult. So because he, again, he he's trying to figure out something, can't figure it out, and he'll take everybody down with him trying to figure that that out. And so whether it's him on his own journey, wanting information from you or just feedback from you, you've got to be there and be ready to give, let's say, whether it's a right answer or, or a response that he's looking for in his way. So if, a lot of times I he would look at me and go, you know, tell me what to do and fix it. And I literally would tell him, no, you're going to dig it out of the dirt and fix it yourself, you know? And then, you know, there'll be a few choice adjectives in that process as well. Uh, but literally 30 minutes later, he'll be telling everybody, see, this is how we work. This is why we work so great together. And again, I've always pushed him in that direction is that, come on, dig it out, dig it out of the dirt. Please try to not be personal when you're saying all the things you're saying, whether it's to your caddy or to your manager or to your, you know, your coach or friend or whatever. But, you know, sometimes that's uh, not possible. So when he doesn't understand it, when the equation is not clear, let's just say, like that's when the frustration perhaps kicks in and then he starts to, you know, throw the things around and, and perhaps right. we saw there with the Cobra situation, clearly frustrated. Right. Um, right. It's, not, it's been, that, I mean, we all saw, Car you know, saw Carnoustie, um, you know, it, that was like nine 30 at night. Um, you know, he was hitting uh, for him duck hooks, of course, but you know, for a normal person, they were probably nice soft draws. Um, but I, you know, again, he was super frustrated and, and, uh, you know, wasn't letting it go and couldn't shut it down. And, and, uh, a lot of words were said that night as well. And that was all recorded, um, from a, at least video standpoint, not thank God the audio wasn't on, but, um, you know, again, uh, and at the U S open and so on. So yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's hard. Um, and guys like Tim, you know, his caddy was amazing and uh, a very, very good friend. I brought him on board the first time, um, you know, when he came back the second time, that was a little bit iffy, he really didn't want the job, but, you know, fortunately it paid off big time for him. But, you know, again, the reason I wanted somebody like Tim on board is that he, you know, he's like me in a way, um, I think a lot thicker skin than me, but um, he, uh, you know, would, he bought into all our ideas and concepts and the science or you know the processes that Bryson goes through and and was a major force there to uh, Bryson's success and so you know but there's a lot of 10-hour days that are brutal on a guy like Tim who's got no meniscus in either knee you know you watch him ice down and and so on and and uh you know and I'm like you know look Bryson's not the only guy that throws darts at his caddies and people around him that it happens a lot with a lot of different players 
Um, but you know, as a as a caddy, you you got to be able to take it and get up in the morning and and uh, and get your job done. How much of this do you feel like, from your perspective, Mike, needs to be tempered for him, say, long term? Because clearly now some things have happened. Is it time to take a step back and be like, hey, we, we, we've got to manage this a little bit differently to maintain some of the key core members? Because let's face it, you can have tough skin, but eventually it's going to wear on you and no perhaps these outbursts become more intense and more personal right um right. so is, right. It, is it time to take a step back and say it's we got to really think about what's going on here a little bit I, I, yeah sure i would again as a friend as as a uh how i believe that we should treat people and treat those around us and and the people that support us yeah i mean i i look at the fact that i would love to see it different i, I would love to see his responses different you know and the uh, when he's frustrated and all that, um, ultimately, again, it's his decision whether he wants that. It's his decision whether he wants to be liked or not liked, um, you know, and and so on. He's certainly the probably the most talked about guy on the planet for the most part in golf, good or bad. You know, that's that's uh, that's what's happening. Um, you know, certainly when he's, um, you know, I see him a lot of times at his best when he's around kids and comes back to my place and he's hanging out and he's, you know, having fun and he's teaching and coaching and you see this whole different side, which you would love to see more of, you know, that I, I cause nobody ever sees that side of them. They see, obviously the, we see the bad side. So I know that it's there. Um, and I would, again, like I said, I'd love to see it change, but again, ultimately you or I or anybody else can't change that. It has to be, you know, as we know, it's from within and, and, uh, um, and just take a look at that, you know, how am I treating people? How am I responding? And, and is there a better way? Um, you know, and so, but uh, ultimately that's his, that's his call for sure. How has your role changed, Mike? You, of course, were with him, you know, as I mentioned, when he was very young, through his, his college days where he was terrific at SMU, U.S. amateur. I mean, the, the, the guy was an incredible amateur golfer. Right. I, I mean, honestly, you know, Again, I, I, in my view, best ball I've ever, best ball striker I've ever, ever, ever seen. And, and I mean, you just can't, I had people, guys at flight scope would do measurements and go, this kid can hit a three iron and have a dispersion pattern of 10 feet in a circle. It's like things they've never seen before. And so, you know, I, that part, um, you know, I miss, I, I miss that aspect. I get uh, that. That's one of my frustrations where the game is kind of gone. Um, it's going to force Bryson into, you know, the long drive mode a little bit. I'm old school. I'm 60. I'm old. I'm a fairways and greens guy. And I, and I'm telling you right now, I won't, I won't change that. Uh, I look at approach strokes gain and, you know, to me, that's the, one of the most important numbers granted, you know, if, if you're, you hit it a little bit longer, that obviously helps, but, uh, most people will never get there. So from my perspective though, and my relationship, it's always been first and foremost, his friend. Uh, it's always been try to be family member. Uh, he used to spend 30 hours a week with me. And, um, and so that relationship will never change. Um, I'm not quote his, his only coach. It, I'm certainly available for any conversation. We do talk about equipment, uh, obviously on one length. I'm, you know, I have my views on, how one length should be done and how it should be made and, and that kind of stuff. I feel like I'm a little bit ahead of most people on that one. 
Um, and so Bryce and I talk about that a little bit, but right now it's, you know, it's more about the driver, the driver, the driver and hitting it far, far, far. Um, and so, um, you know, once he's uh, down a rabbit hole, sometimes it takes a while to kind of crawl. When out. did that start, Mike? When did the, when did this, obviously we know with, with um, COVID, like that's when he announced it, but I would imagine the conversation started like when, where did that come from and when did that start? Like, let's hit it as far as we can. Well, I mean, I tell you the truth, as soon as he got on tour. So I would almost tell you day one on when he became a golf professional, um, it was like, I got to hit it farther. I got to hit it farther. And so um, not that I ever felt he was short by any means, but that he got consumed with that pretty fast. Well, once his green, you know, his fairways hit went down to like 35, 40% and not making cuts, you know, we had to deal with that. And so we had to get back to that 60 or 60 plus percentage rate so he could actually make cuts, make money and stay on tour. Um, you know, and again, he was putting was something that we were wrestling with as well. And so we had to go through that journey first and foremost. Um, and so, which, you know, we did with obviously the, you know, went to the face on putter and, uh, unfortunately the USGA was, uh, little bit didn't want to didn't want that one to be in play and so uh, i'm going to blame that one on the usda at this point um anyway and then ended up with the arm lock sick and the sick guys and that was awesome journey and and steven it's uh the head of sick who's an amazing putting instructor helped bryson tremendously how to become one of the best putters in the world you know and so i'll be honest too as far as the long drive part if bryson is not the putter he is today he would have stopped this a long time ago and so his putting, you know, when you look at last week, I'm telling you right now, no way he makes the cut if he's not putting good. And he putting right. good, you know. So uh, about three years ago, though, um, before COVID, uh, I want to say it was right before Las Vegas, um, you know, he had a conversation with his trainer, uh, Greg Roscoff, and he saw some things there that he can improve and he can get stronger. And I think in that combination of being stronger, can I – I should be able to hit it a lot farther. And so that, that became, uh, I remember 190 was kind of like his goal um, in, in the beginning. Of course, now it's like he's told me, I, I don't know where the end is. So that's an interesting one too. Um, so I, I think that, I think COVID helped that, you know, he was locked down, had all that yeah. time. It's like, all right, now I'm just going to spend all my time. And then again, he, he was fortunate. Chris Como in the, inside the, the living room lab, had a place to go hang out and, you know, beat balls and, and have cheerleaders next to them saying swing harder. So there you go. <laughs> Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. Improve your golf swing today. Pro level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats. And stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data, and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable, cases about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com. R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com. Rapsodo.com. Are there 
Are there too many cheerleaders, do you feel like, at this point for him? I mean, as his friend, would you look at him and say, look, we probably need maybe less cheerleaders and more serious conversation about you as a person dealing with adverse situations? And then not only that, but maybe what I would ask you is, on the course, has it has the distance maybe obsession gone too far where now some of his approach game and his touch around the greens have struggled? Well, you know, I, I, when he, I was in Dallas, um, again, it all blends in, and he asked me what I thought about it. And I said, hey, I think it's going to be great. I think you're going to hit more fairways because you're going to hit your five wood off the tee more often. You're going to hit irons off the tee more often because you're going to be able to hit it as far, if not farther, than some guy's driver. But, you know, unfortunately, he keeps trying to bang driver in places potentially where, hey, how about the three wood or five wood instead? Um, I, I think the other thing that I told him at that point as well is I said, you know, I perceive of your total strokes gain numbers uh, not increasing but going down because now you're going to be hitting the ball into an area that you're actually very weak in. And so uh, I, I'm a big the, – the, I'm all about scoring clubs. So yeah. that is an eight iron down. And so um, my view is that – and again, and the reason why I say scoring clubs is because they have a proximity requirement. That's why the scoring clubs are the hardest golf clubs in golf to hit, period. End of story. Three iron isn't hard to hit. An eight iron or, seven, or, a, or a wedge is difficult to hit into a pin placement that has a very firm uh, area around the pin. It's by an exit point. It's got a crosswind. The grain is wherever. I mean, there's so many factors that you have to compute or be aware of or, you know, <laughs> use to make sure you can actually have a chance of hitting a ball inside 15 feet. It's not easy. And so, uh, and seeing that every week, seeing his approach numbers being on the minus because he's got basically all he hits is eight iron down in the greens. And so, um, yeah, I would say that, that that's where he's got to be. And I've asked him, I, I've asked him a number of times, you know, when are you going to do it? He goes, I'm just not ready. But okay. I mean, again, it's his choice. Me as a coach or Homo as a coach or whoever, it doesn't work like it does in a normal sport, as you know. I'm not the boss, right? But if I'm the coach of the baseball team, who's the boss? Me, right? You do what I tell you to do or it's the highway, right? Well, somewhat in professional sport. But the reality is, um, and as a tour player, that doesn't exist. And so the tour player is the boss. He's the CEO of his multi-million dollar corporation. A lot of these guys have never had a job, never been fired, Right never had to negotiate their own com contract to be able to teach at a facility, right? You know, all that kind of stuff. And so now all of a sudden they have employees, um, you know, they, they, you know, again, they're managing their, their corporation and they're the boss of their performance. And it's, I'm telling you, it's, uh, I've had some amazing conversations with some coaches regarding that out, out on tour. It was very, very interesting. Number one, uh, Colin Swatton, Jason Day's coach, who's, who, who became a very good friend of mine. And, and that and that's the truth of the matter is that I'm not, uh, I'm, I could say I'm your helpmate. That's it. I'm not your coach. Chris Como is not his coach or a teacher, right? Bryson's the boss. That's it. All we are is guys that give him feedback. You know, it's interesting. Um, I was talking, um, I was talking uh, with Dr. Brett McKay on the podcast. And I said, I, I said to him, you know, these teams, that these players put around them 
um, seems the teams seem to be getting bigger, more coaches, um, more of this, more of that. I said, are we, are we going too far? Where's this going? He says, I think it's just going to get bigger. I think these teams are going to continue to get bigger and there's going to be more specialists. And man, I, you know, I sat there and I thought to myself, man, that's just so much more to have to manage and think about. And of course, Bryson's such a deep thinker. And as I listen to you talk, you're on the team. Um, you've been with them probably the longest. Of course, Chris comes on, he's on the team, the caddy's on the team, the trainer Greg's on the team, and there's a lot of people that are, when asked, as I'm hearing it right from you, I, I assume, then you have to tell them then what you think, right? And sure. and here's what and here's what I would do. But it is up to the player to make the decision. It's just fascinating to me because like I look at his approach, like from like you said, the scoring clubs, like from 50 to 75 from 75 to 100 and 50 to 125 like these all the finesse stuff you know he's near the bottom he's near the bottom and it's it's like that's the shot that he's going to be hitting the most when he's busting it down there and he's just not taking advantage now in all due respect we got to go back to you know he won the u.s hope and he won arnold palmer like he played the players championship extremely well um but as of late it just feels like man, which way, like, when, when is he going to take a step back and be like, I got to get, I got to dial it in with my wedges and my nines and my eights, because if I don't, then it's, isn't it my just kind of a moot point in hitting it that far if you can't take advantage of it? You're 100% right. You're absolutely 100% right. So you look at, you know, your stroke game numbers, right? And and they, you, know, you look at the low-hanging fruit. Well, you know, the Bryson, the low-hanging fruit was, well, what if I hit it 50 yards farther or 60 or 100 yards farther for that matter, right? So the impression was that that's the low-hanging fruit. That's what's going to help me win, right? And so, um, and there is some skews on the strokes gain number when Bryson has, let's say, in the fairway as a, uh, on a 500-yard par four, has a, you know, 130-yard shot in and hits it 20 feet. Um, and then a guy has a 170 yard shot and hits it 25 feet. You, you know what I mean? There's a skew there. He, he's going to get a minus. The other guy's going to get a plus because of the distance. So there's some little bit of skewing there per se. But, um, you know, again, I, I agree with you 100%. Ultimately, whose decision is it? It's the player, you know. And if you don't see it, you know, my view is that when you don't practice it, it doesn't get better, you know. Yeah. And, and so at, at the U.S. Open, I thought it was quite entertaining somewhat that Dustin Johnson was right next to Bryson working on his wedging for about two hours and Bryson banging drivers, you know, for two hours. So, you know, and again, he's at a point in his career, can obviously do it and doesn't affect him too much, you know, financially or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think he's a smart guy, but sometimes maybe not, you know, depending on what he's doing but uh yeah. you know, it's it's his road and he's uh, going down it yeah it just feels like you know and i'm on the outside looking in and and bryson's so polarizing you know and it's like what he what he did when he came out and his distance and just overpowering wing foot and having that come together you know now all of the you know and this is golf right professional golf sure. you have to long enough you have these ups and downs and and you have to kind of learn okay, where are things breaking down? Now I got to get back on track and, and go this way. And it just feels like something as simple as like, you know, wedges and nines and eights and touch is just practice. But right. yet 
he's electing to continue to pound his driver and maybe just feed his ego a little bit with all these right. people around him saying, wow, look how far you're hitting it. Right. I, I think potentially it's there. The problem, the, the way he is, it's not that. What, what happens is he literally, he's trying to hit it to where it, it gets bad. And so I know that's a weird thing. However, he it, it's almost like he keeps hitting, keeps hitting because he knows failure is coming. And then when it fails, it's like, okay, the decision then is, do I keep trying to do it if it was just one failure or do I have to go back a few links and start over? And so that's kind of how his mind thinks. Now, if, if that's why you'll see him practice sometimes till late into the evening. And so, uh, again, it, it's just, you know, it's how he's wired. And so in the back of his mind, there, there's times where we'll come out and go, I got it. I got it. The driver's good. The, everything's perfect. And then five swings later, it failed for whatever reason. Maybe he just wasn't, even though he maybe wasn't paying attention or whatever, but now it's failed and it's in his brain. And now it's like, now it could go a lot of different directions at that point. New driver, new shaft, you know, do I need to change the, the you know, the, the position, the orientation of the driver? Um, you know, what the heck happened? And and that spiral is kind of how he goes at things. Right. So let's talk about the wedges for a second. He, I mean, clearly he's managed his wedge play very well before and in, in through practice. Is it just practice or is it, is it, um, would you consider maybe doing the shorter wedges perhaps from the it has, nothing, it has nothing to do with shorter. I mean, we've, you know, we've gone down that road. We've, you know, shorten wedges, you know, Hey, grip down on it that far, you know, does that matter? <laughs> you know? Um, and so just like anything for me, and I, I could give Bryson a ladies, let's say a super soft flex and 36 inches, whatever, and, and give him enough time to practice it. He'll make it work. And that's what I've always said to him. I said, you know, just practice and work. And so, but it, it, the one thing that he's always, he has always hated, working on wedging. I mean, it's just something that he's just can't you don't like it. So I, yeah, I used to get a, you know, a mitt and I used to say, all right, come on. You know, it turned into, okay, I'm going to try to hit one at Mike and hurt him if he's not paying attention. Right. You know? And so I'm not the best fielder either. So there you go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but it was how, and then I had his original caddies do that with him. You know, hey, just go out on the range and have him hit wedges to you so he can still, you know, be engaged there. And so, uh, I, you know, I miss those days because I think that's really what he needs, you know, is that, come on, dude, can you hit it? You know, I know you can hit an eight iron 220. Who cares? You know, but can you hit an eight iron from 170 inside 15 feet at all? You know, and so, or can you hit a wedge from 100 yards consistently inside, let's say, landing zones? You know, can you actually land it where you want it? And so um, I, I do think there's some equipment issues there still. Um, because that he's gained strength, his acceleration rates have changed. So there are some issues with equipment that I, that my personal view, I think need to be changed uh, or at least evaluated. Um, but Bryson's very difficult in evaluating equipment because it's always on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of a tournament instead of, okay, we got three weeks off. Let's let's kind of look at some stuff. Let's go out and play it. Let's see what changes need to be done. You know, very man, you put the gun to those the equipment guys when you're yeah. trying to 
change things on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, because they have other players too, right? Oh, they have, yeah. yeah. They, have a, they have a lot of responsibility There's going tons on. Of responsibility. It's unbelievable the pressure that those guys are on. And to try to fix it or change it or test it on a Tuesday or Monday afternoon. It seems like, you know, like the fixes and the improvements and the plan can are, are really kind of pretty straightforward, right? They're like, they're kind of simple A and B, let's just say. Is he... Is he willing to accept that it can it can be simpler? It doesn't have to be so complex. And that look, we're, let's just kind of get A and B better and work on it and just practice. Maybe a minor tweak to the equipment here, but let's just simplify it. A and B, work on wedges, touch. Off we go. Good luck trying to say that to him. <laughs> Right, you better have a shield because the I, golf, I a golf like club is. Be the case. I'm telling you right now, you better have a shield because the golf club's coming right by your head. Right? Is it? Is that? Will that ever change, Mike? Do you think for him? Is that how he's always going to be? I, I don't. I don't ever want to say never. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't see that. I always said that that you know he was a physics major in college, right? And and so he everything during the day was about golf. He had his four hours or three and a half hours of class time physics obviously a very difficult major and you know then he would go home and he would study from you know seven o'clock till midnight like five days a week and it was very brutal he'd call me from the library you know what are you doing I, i'm studying what oh, dude it's 12 o'clock what are you still doing there and so very very difficult but i always my fear was when he turned pro is like you know what's he going to fill that void with you know and of course it filled it with golf and so, um, you know, I always told him, man, get a pilot's license or something, learn how to fly, you know, musical interest. You got to take a, you know, Fortnite. Okay. That became part of it. But, you know, you know, fill your, you got to fill your brain with some, you know, other things other than, you know, golf yeah. or something. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, there's got to be a little balance, right? Then there's got to be a little bit of balance and, pers sure. and, and perspective. Right. Um, that can go that can go a long ways. You know, it's fascinating. It, it really is. Um, right. I wish I could say that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we all agree. We all have people around us and sometimes, you know, if we're wise people, we actually listen <laughs> to what people yes. might say that have a, a yeah. about something I've done or not doing or whatever. And if I'm a smart person, I'm going to listen and either then I could respond or not respond. And, and so um, it's, same thing for Bryson. It's the same deal. It's either do you respond or not respond. And I, I think it's difficult. Uh, again, no excuses for him. I yeah. don't have to feel sorry for him. He's you know got a lot of money in the bank and he's done very very well. You know, and and so, but also that's also part of it. I think as as well. You know, you go from this kid who didn't really have much, um, and to all of a sudden where he is now as a quote you know superstar, lots of money, building a big house all that it's easy to get wrapped up into that and that you know i've all, i've always told them dude i forgot way more than you know and he's yeah. a smart guy but i can honestly tell you you can't replace my 60 years of life and he's only 27 or going to be 28 in uh, september you know and and that's just the way it is i get the feeling mike you've had the tough conversation with them multiple times <laughs> you can't but yeah so many times yeah, yeah, many times, and all the way from when he was young. I mean, we used to, I used to give him a ride home, and we talked in the car about life, and 
And uh, certainly when I caddied for him, we try to, you know, have conversations, whether it was before or after or during and whatever. And, and, uh, and certainly being on the road with him 24 seven, you know, missing, you know, I, again, don't feel sorry for him, but he missed 24 cuts in two years, 22, whatever it was, it was 14 cuts, I think in a row. And so, and he missed eight cuts his first year. And so, I, you know, that, that was brutally difficult on any, on everybody and especially him. I mean, come on. I mean, he's the one making the decisions and, you know, missing a cut by one, missing a yeah. cut by one. I mean, it was, trust me, getting in a car with him on Friday afternoon was not an easy thing, you know, especially after, okay, that's cut number six. And uh, we're now we got to decide, are we going to go play in another tournament, which is what was happening as well. We were literally getting in the car or getting on plane. Let's go play another tournament. You know, we'd have to regroup mentally. And that was not, I'm telling you, it was, that's why I got gray hairs, <laughs> you know? And so, um, cause I was, the, I was the guy for that, you know, and I had to be the sounding board. I had to be the guy that, you know, if mm -hmm. you were going to lash out, I wanted it to be me. That's all. Yeah. So do you think, do you think did it quite well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think Bryson do you think Bryson wants to be the villain or do you think he wants to be liked? I don't think he no, I, I definitely I don't I don't I think everybody kind of wants to be liked. I just don't think he thinks about it. I think he yeah. feels like, hey, I got people around me that like me or what whatever. Yeah. Um I don't I don't think he thinks that way. Um, you know, relationships have always been something that's difficult for him and and because, uh, you know, he puts so much energy in what he wants to accomplish. And so I think that's that's a, a difficult, you know, part, you know. And again, going back to the team being big or small, I would probably yeah. say, you know, what's interesting, if you think about um, uh, the British Open, he only had his kind of his manager, uh, his caddy and him, it was just three of them. And so uh, that's kind of something, you know, a little bit different. So, um, I, you know, he looks at Tiger as the model. You know, yeah. and Tiger has Rob and, and Joe and Tiger, and that's pretty much who they, you know, who they travel with, just the three of them. And so I think he looks at that as well. And, and uh, you know, he tries to just basically have a couple of guys with him now. It's not like it used to be where, you know, all of us were out there. And yeah. so uh, it's, it's different, no doubt. Let me let me ask you, I, I, I said I wasn't going to bring it up, but I, I, I got to ask, I mean, is it, how does he view this whole thing with Brooks? I mean, to me, from my perspective, it's like Bryson's trying to like have fun with it and downplay it some where Brooks is like, it, he's made it. I mean, at least in my view, he's like trying to bully, you know, it's like he's sure. taken it and made it very personal and won't let it go. I mean, from your perspective, how does, how's Bryson viewing this whole beef with Brooks? Uh, you know, as of, let's say this last week or the week before, I think they, they thought, you know, maybe they'll do something and on the side and play a little, you know, match and, uh, you know, uh, parlay it, obviously it would be a marketer's dream. I think, I think Bryson was kind of down that road for sure. Uh, you know, I think, uh, again, does he, does he care whether Brooks, you know, likes him, what he says about him? I, I don't think he does anymore. Um, I, you know, sometimes it's tit for tat. That's for sure. Brooks is on a roll, uh, but you know, Bryson said something he shouldn't have said on the, regarding the driver last week. And that was open market, you know, and, and yeah. so, uh, uh, you know, good for Brick Brooks taking advantage, I guess. So, you know, uh, but I think, yeah, yeah it's, I don't think he really, you know, he never, he can never conveys it to me that God, I hate that guy's guts or whatever. That, yeah, that yeah. doesn't ever come out. 
Um, certainly respects his game. I think that's for sure. There's yeah. not about that. Um, but you know, it's it's like, well, I, I initiated it with the you know the original caddy thing um, when he when Brooks had made some comment about his play or something. Bryson went to his caddy and you know, and the, and then uh, told the caddy, hey, you know, if Brooks has a problem, come have him come to me. And then, of course, Brooks did. <laughs> so yeah, you know, that's kind of where it all kind of started, and and uh, more or less, and and uh, you know, it's an interesting journey. That's for sure with those guys. Have you, have you talked to Bryson since the Open? Uh, no, I haven't. Just right okay. Wednesday. Talked to him Wednesday about what he was doing and yeah, and his regarding the golf swing, and felt like he was he was onto something. So, so we'll finish with this. So you, you're going to talk to him, I'm sure, at some point here this week. What what's your uh, is it the is it going to be the stern like dad talk or is no, it the What's the, what's the uh, message? You know, I don't, I don't do that. I, I, I don't even do that necessarily with my own kids. But I, I think, again, I, I try, I guess, in the conversation of how, um, how you respond. To, you know, we all do stupid things. That's for sure. We say things we regret, whatever. And so I guess it's how we respond to that. Uh, responds, and, and that, that to me is the most important part. I mean, we'll, there's a lot going on today and there's a lot going on tomorrow. I'm probably going to wait till the end of the week to try to figure out, okay, now where, where are we? But, um, you know, I think, um, you know, again, I, my deal is I'm going to try to love them the best way I can and, and, uh, you know, be there if he needs to want to talk about anything. Once it look, if he wants my opinion, he'll get it. But if he doesn't want it, there's no point in me saying it. Well, Mike, I can't thank you enough. And, um, you know, we haven't spent a lot of time together, but just listen to you talk. I think Bryson's pretty fortunate to have you uh, in sure. his corner there. And still in his corner after, yeah. it sounds like a few five hours being flung at you from time you to bet. time. <laughs> you bet. No doubt about it. <laughs> but thank you so much, Mike. I, I appreciate your time and uh, coming on the Stripe Show podcast and uh, and chatting with us. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Happy to do it. Bye. Still honored. Honored to be on it. Thanks, buddy. Take care. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.